0: You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported.
1: Community Radio for South Central Indiana.
2: Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones.
3: And I'm Cade Young. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. Today on the program, we have the second half of an
2: interview with Hank Duncan, the city's bicycle and pedestrian coordinator. Environmental correspondent Zero Rose asks Duncan about some of the controversy and safety concerns surrounding alternative modes of transit, like the e-scooters currently left at all odd points of town, blocking bike racks and ramps, affecting disability access, and serving as a pedestrian hazard. We will hear what the city plans to do about improving the situation. More on today's feature report.
3: Also coming up in the next half hour, we have Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between the WFHB Local News and Lil Bub's Big Fund. But first, your local headlines. During the June 6th meeting of the Bloomington
2: Board of Public Works, City Attorney Chris Wheeler discussed a lease agreement with Summit Hill Community Development Corporation.
4: Uh, Summit Hill was created or formed by the Bloomington Housing Authority uh, a few years back to uh, house City of Bloomington Land Trust and other extended programming of the BHA, and this is one of those extended programs. Uh, The property in question is located at 1050 North Summit. I think yesterday at the work session I referenced 1007 North Summit, but that's actually the uh, headquarters for BHA and Summit. Uh, So it's basically right across the street from what we're talking about, which is 1050. Uh, This uh, property used to be uh, the home of a water tower that utilities owned. They decommissioned that water tower and in the process of decommissioning also had to do some soil remediation, which they completed successfully under a voluntary uh, remediation project with IDEM. And uh, at this point in time, the property has no use restrictions on it from an environmental standpoint and is a suitable place for Summit to uh, construct a mixed use property a mixed-use structure that would include a, um, a, a uh, licensed daycare and several affordable housing units for rent. Uh, the city believes this would be a good project and wishes to engage in a lease agreement for 99 years. Uh, part uh, Some of the high points of this lease agreement would be uh, that there will be mutual hold harmless agreements between the two parties. There would be no subletting of any of the property without approval by the city of Bloomington. Uh, The tenant would be solely responsible for any repairs and maintenance on the property, including any structures that the tenant might place there. Uh, Tenant will also be required to maintain insurance and show proof of insurance annually on the structures located on the property.
2: Board members asked Wheeler about which daycare would operate from the location and what the construction timeline would be. Wheeler said he did not know He noted that Director of Real Estate Development for Summit Hill, Nate Ferreria, could not attend the meeting due to a prior obligation. During public comment, local journalist Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin asked about the zoning designation for the location.
5: So first of all, I think we made some progress in dialing in the exact location, um, but we're not quite there. I think the, the exact address of this property is 1020 North Monroe Street. Um, It is right in the vicinity of 1007 North Summit, but uh, the subject property, I believe, is 1020 North Monroe Street. And if you look up the zoning for that, it's R3, which is residential small lot. So I guess my question is, is the plan to use uh, under the terms of this lease consistent with that zoning designation? or is the plan to ask for a variance or a rezoning or whatever needs to be done? Or is it one of those cases where because it's a government and not quasi-government, the government is not subject to the, to the zoning restrictions? I don't know. So that's my question.
2: Wheeler responded.
5: I know that BHA
4: was securing a variance for the property. I think they did secure one and they renewed it recently. I have um, not paid much attention to exactly what the variance says for the use because it really wasn't something that I was overly concerned with. That was more on BHA's side to make sure that they have the right to do the things that they're going to do on the property.
2: He explained that Summit Hill received a multi-use zoning variance for the property several years ago. Board President Kyla Cox Deckard asked if Summit Hill were not able to develop the property, what would happen to the lease? Wheeler explained how that would play out.
0: If something happens and um, the uh, Summit Hill Community Development Corporation can't develop uh, what is being proposed, um, then what happens to the lease that is agreed upon in this meeting? The, the uses that have been stated,
4: which are the, the multi-use conditions, which would be the, um, the daycare facility and the uh, affordable housing units, if those cannot be accomplished, those are the only things they're allowed to do on that property. And the two parties are able to terminate the lease whenever they want to by agreement. Uh, and so uh, we would be able to terminate the lease at that time if they weren't going to be able to use it for those limited purposes.
2: The board approved the lease with Summit Hill unanimously. The Bloomington Board of Public Works will meet again for its regular meeting on June 20th.
3: And now we go to Zero Rose as he asks Hank Duncan, the city's bicycle and pedestrian coordinator, about the goals of neighborhood greenways also delving into new financial incentives, upcoming regulations, and technology like geofencing to modify problematic behavior when it comes to the management of alt-transit rental apps that have introduced fleets of electric bikes and scooters to the streets, alleys, and sidewalks of Bloomington in recent years. Zero Rose has more.
6: with us today Hank Duncan, Uh, he joined the city as bicycle and pedestrian coordinator in October of 2022. Hank graduated from IU in 2019 with a BS in economic consulting and a BA in Germanic studies. He worked for a cycling tourism company in France for a, a few summers ago. And he was sales manager for a bike shop in Asheville, North Carolina, through 2020 and 2021. Um, he was also Little 500 race director at IU Foundation for the 2021 and 2022 races, as well as in the first half of the 22-23 academic year. Uh, currently, Hank is pursuing a master of public affairs in his studies at the O'Neill School of Public and Environmental Affairs and he also plays cello and piano in the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra. Thanks for being with us today Hank. It's great
0: to be here. Um why are we doing this? It's to prioritize multimodal transportation, active transportation around the city. It's to limit and reduce and hopefully eliminate traffic fatalities, traffic severe injuries and make it a safer place to move from point A to point B in Bloomington.
6: And also, I imagine it's part of the uh, Climate Action Plan to reduce miles traveled by vehicles and emissions for contributing to climate change.
0: Yeah, there there are a few of our community's goals in the Climate Action Plan and the Comprehensive Plan that directly support what we're doing with neighborhood greenways
6: and other multimodal projects around Bloomington. And so I think there was one. I heard some contention. Out, what it was Hawthorne intersection, some mm-hmm. people in that neighborhood raising a bit of a ruckus against uh those plans. I guess they recently didn't vote, a, a sort of a veto back in by the city council on some of these plans. It, it's been sort of uh removed from the end of the process anyway. That after something is approved, that there isn't. A, weigh in by the city council at this point, but there, there was factions pushing for another kind of a check against, uh, what they see as you know, what the experts are deciding uh, to get a little more of a political process. But of course that's for the, the noisy people that go down to the city council meetings and, and, and weigh in. Um, are you as a new coordinator with bicycle and pedestrian feeling any of that? heat from some of these i mean we just had the election cycle go on too so a lot of it was kicked up around that sure
0: um in my role specifically no honestly i I think everybody in the city understands that we need more support for pedestrians and cyclists and all vulnerable street users out there in bloomington i haven't felt any heat um i think You know, again, as I said before, there are always going to be some people who aren't benefited directly by a project, but as long as we communicate the why of what we're doing and we are transparent in the process and we are communicative from from start to finish, I think that's all you can really ask for. And in terms of how we've been leading the Greenway process since since I joined – I haven't been met with much resistance, if any resistance, and there's support for this program moving forward.
6: And while we have you, we, we may as well uh, ask about a couple other things. The uh, I see the new Lime e-bikes around, quite colorful ones. In a way, those are sort of welcome. They're They're sort of expensive and, you know, app-centered and all of that. I remember the yellow bike project from years ago which was just free bikes around town and of course that became abused and they were just left in the woods or repainted and sold and that sort of a thing so that kind of didn't work I think that came from the west coast as a way to have community bicycles all around you now sort of have that with the scooters and things but these scooters are being left in disarray you know they often block the bike uh, racks you know cuz that's where people think they should be putting them in a way so in a way it's difficult to lock up bikes and they're actually just left around the sidewalks and things some of these places are dark sort of because the neighborhood wants it they don't want big lights shining in their single family homes all the time and I've actually stumbled over them at night and of course that's also near these ramps and things is there anything uh, in the works to kind of address any of that
0: Yeah, actually, uh, there are a lot of things in the works. So about a month or two ago, we came to council and the Board of Public Works, we being some folks from planning and transportation, some folks from the economics and sustainability development department. um, We came to those two uh, bodies with some recommendations of what we would like to see Moving forward with shared micromobility, that being e-scooters and e-bikes from operators like Bird, Blind, and Vio, which we have in Bloomington. And a couple of the main points that got passed are one, um, on-street scooter and bike corrals that are coming August 1st. So you'll you'll see later this summer and fall. Um, these little maybe 15 by eight foot corrals pop up to house these shared micromobility devices. With that, um, you'll have some physical protection on them so they don't get run over. There'll be some bike racks in there so the scooters can have something to lean on. Uh, We're looking looking at, at implementing about 75 of them around the city, most being in that core downtown area, but also others being by the College Mall area on the west side and then in some residential areas where the use is relatively high. With that, we are implementing some geofencing, which is essentially if you as a scooter rider want to end your trip, you cannot end your trip unless you are within one of those geocoded locations, the corrals. Um, to stop that scooter. So you have to go to one of those locations to park your scooter. You cannot just leave it out on the sidewalk or blocking a path elsewhere. Uh, And one actually cool thing that VIO, I think, is going to be doing this fall is doing incentivized parking. So especially in less dense areas where we might not have many corrals, they will be encouraging Their riders with financial benefits to park their scooters out of the right of way in an appropriate location. So, those are, I think, the main things, especially with what you mentioned with accessibility issues and that clutter that we see from scooters and bikes. Those should help with um, those two issues a good amount. And also, we'll be implementing some fleet caps, so lowering the total number of vehicles on the street.
6: And I believe, uh, you know, your bio mentions uh, your studies of French and German, and you've had some time over there, and they just banned the e-scooters in Paris, and I think it was a lot to do with the fact that there was a high bicycle ridership, and it wasn't interfering with that, and I presume there was also the disability component there. Do you know anything about how that went down?
0: Not too much. I do know that was a pretty controversial issue. I read just a little bit on it. What? we're finding in Bloomington versus especially cities like Paris or Copenhagen or Amsterdam in Europe is that Bloomington's bike ridership is still very low compared to those cities. Um, I think from the 2020 census, it's about 5% of folks use a bike as their main form of transportation in Bloomington. And that's compared with in Copenhagen, it's about 70%. So we're looking at drastically different numbers there. And as a city, we want to encourage sustainable transportation. And what we found is that the scooters and e-bikes that these companies are bringing into town, they are not necessarily a substitute for biking or walking, but they're mainly a substitute for driving your vehicle. About 40% of folks... If they did not have a scooter or bike available to them, they would be driving instead. And when you look at the numbers of carbon emissions, with those numbers there, the number of emissions go way down when you have shared dockless micro-mobility uh, vehicles in town.
6: And how about the uh, safety record of those standing scooters? They seem pretty precarious. I've heard a few examples of people talking about people taking a tumble and people aren't in helmets uh is there are you guys studying that have there been any fatalities i know there was the one drunk driving situation where somebody dragged the scooter after hitting somebody but mm-hmm. as far as people just kind of taking tumbles and being in traffic is there any possibility that those would be phased out for safety concerns the standing scooters
0: So, that was actually another one of our recommendations coming into this fall is that all companies in Bloomington who have e scooters or e bikes, their fleets have to consist of at minimum at least 25% seated vehicles. And for Bird and Lime, that's e bikes. For Vio, they have their seated scooter. So, we are pushing in that direction. Um, The reason we didn't go further is because of operational concerns from some of the companies and we still feel like they have a lot to offer in the city, but I think that is the push moving forward is towards
6: bikes and the seated scooters over a standup scooters. Well, great. I think that's uh, pretty much going to cover it for the moment. We might uh, talk to you in the future about some of these other specific projects as they go in, but I, I think that'll cover it for us today and we much appreciate your, being accessible to us.
0: Sounds good. Hey, it was great to be here, Zero.
2: Up next, we have Lil' Bub's Lil' Show, a co-production between the WFHB Local News and Lil' Bub's Big Fund. We turn now to that segment.
7: Welcome to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in south-central Indiana and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare. First, here is today's featured animal.
1: Dolce is a Carolina dog about a year and a half old. She came to the City of Bloomington Animal Shelter with over 60 other dogs who were housed in a very small home. In the six weeks she has been at the shelter, she spent most of her time terrified and pasted up against her kennel door. Dolce was never able to meet other people while in her home, which affected her socialization process, which should have occurred when she was a puppy. As a result, it will take her a very long time to trust humans, to no fault of her own. Shelter staff and volunteers have worked hard to build a bond with her, and thankfully, she has started to trust them a bit. She is making progress little by little. This young, fluffy gal will now seek out affection once she's gotten to know a person. She needs help with leash training and understanding that the world isn't so scary after all. The shelter is looking for patient and loving people to adopt their Carolina dogs and help them get to know a different life. If you think you might be the person Dolce is looking for, please reach out to the City of Bloomington Animal Shelter.
7: If you're interested in adopting today's featured pet, you can learn more at our websites goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. You're listening to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co production of WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We now turn to this week's featured topic.
1: With the 4th of July just around the corner, it is important to be mindful of how fireworks may affect household pets. Flashing lights, loud noises, and the smell of fireworks can scare dogs who might display anxiety by howling, barking, trembling, or with frantic behavior. According to the American Kennel Club, Independence Day is largely believed to be the day when the highest number of dogs run away. However, precautions can be taken to help make an animal more comfortable during fireworks season. First, keeping pets inside while fireworks are being launched will help prevent them from running away or running towards danger. It is advised not to take dogs to firework shows or to leave them outside. Ensuring that your pet has a proper ID, such as a collar with your contact info, a microchip and a GPS device will help a pet's chances of being returned if they escape. Taking a dog for a long walk with a secure leash before the sun sets is also advisable. At home, creating a safe haven for a dog can also be helpful. A quiet space away from windows, such as a basement or a larger closet, can help minimize the sights and sounds of fireworks. Leaving a fan, TV, or radio on can also help mask the sounds of the fireworks. If your pet's anxiety is severe, it may be helpful to book an appointment with your vet well in advance of the holiday to discuss anti-anxiety medication.
7: Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB, produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, Find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org.
2: been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noel Herhusky-Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Zero Rose.
3: Lil Bub's Lil Show is produced by Christine Brackenoff and Stacey Bradovsky. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. For WFHB, this is your engineer and executive producer, Cade Young.
2: And I'm Benedict Jones. Exploring the world of science and technology. Coming up next on WFHB Community Radio.
3: You've been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio.